listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, everybody. My name is Jeff White with Cooler Partners, and with me is uh, Carmen Perry. How are you doing today, Carmen? Fantastic. Fantastic. And you? Uh, doing great. Yeah. Just coming off of a week at HubSpot's inbound conference. We're recording this and you're just coming back in the office as well. Yeah, but I was I was on vacation, so I was being a bit more of a slacker, admittedly. Well, inbounds like a vacation, or, or like New Year's, as we used to say. There you go. Um, so I'm pretty stoked on the guest that we have with us today. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce her? Yeah, uh, folks, uh, I think I'm really excited about the uh, the guest today, uh, and I think we're going to be covering a, a topic that uh, an awful lot of people uh, are contending with. So. Uh, let's just dive right in. Uh, Nikki, see now, Nikki, I asked how to pronounce your name initially at the start of this, and uh, I believe I, I, I did it great initially. Uh, <laughs> and, but now as I look at how I told myself to pronounce it, I'm not so sure. So I'm going to try it here, and if I I botch it, you correct me like as the first thing that you say on the cooler ring. But welcome, Nikki Kaplovich. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. <sighs> Thanks, guys. Stressful. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, welcome to the Cooler Ring. Great to have you. Indeed. Um, Nikki, why don't we why don't we start? Um, uh, look, I could I could uh, I could tell the group about uh, about your your title and role and and whatnot, but why don't I let you do that? Tell us tell us who you are and who you work for. What you're up to? Sure. Uh, I lead the uh, global marketing organization for a company called MTS Sensors. And um, MTS Sensors is a subsidiary of MTS Systems Corporation, which is a publicly traded organization that's based out of Eden Prairie, Minnesota. MTS Systems, a little over two years ago, had acquired PCB Pizzatronics, which was a 50-year family-owned company based out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, which is where I'm located. And uh, when PCB was acquired, um, I was put in charge of overseeing the global marketing organization. Um, The uh, company designs and manufactures sensors. Uh, We're a B2B company, and our sensors are used uh, worldwide, primarily by design engineers for product testing. But also, there's a tremendous amount of applications in the industrial uh, manufacturing world where sensors are used to uh, monitor uh, machinery health, to trend uh, vibration levels, and then predict and help the um, maintenance um, teams um, basically uh, take a look at the machine before it, it causes shutdown or um in the event of catastrophic failure. And so. I must say, one of the the, the most fun, uh, <laughs> if I should say, say the most interesting uh, sensors I've heard tell of is the sensors that sense if other sensors are working. It just seems like a, <laughs> a wonderful uh, the most profit meta, driver. Yeah, it's the fantastic. most meta of sensors. <laughs> exactly. That is true. That is true. Um, <laughs> there's definitely a, a very wide range of applications that our sensors are used in, but those two, you know, for product testing and machinery health monitoring, yeah. um, are of of primary use. Yes. And, and Nikki, I think um, look, we're going to get right into it because uh, in your introduction, you talked about the MTS um, acquisition of PCB. 
uh, and you headed up marketing at PCB, and you're now the uh, global marketing lead for MTS Sensors, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty unique in and of itself. In that, you know, often it's not the one uh, that's being acquired that finds themselves um, running the new division. Um, uh, but I think there's just a, a whole host of uh, interesting challenges, pitfalls, et cetera, uh, around uh, how a marketing lead uh, begins to tackle all of the issues surrounding a merger and acquisition. And that's what I think we'd at least like to get started with today, if that works for you. Oh, sure. Uh, well, first of all, the there's tremendous amount of synergies that exist between MTS and PCB, which I believe is what paved the way um, for for the acquisition. And interestingly, although MTS acquired PCB, the uh, primary um, uh, seats on the leadership on the senior leadership team uh, are, are are held by the PCB folks. So I know that the the, the formal uh, terminologies we were acquired, but um, in effect. The operations are, um, you know, follow the reverse acquisition uh, or almost like a merger, um, following the merger footsteps. But for for marketing in particular, um, yes, uh, there were definitely a set of challenges that I had to uh, deal with and be faced with. And not just myself and with the team here in Depew, but you know, the team grew from 10 to 27 people, um, and we really exploded globally. And my primary concern was to um, get to know everyone, right? Um, get to know folks in various pockets of the world. We have a very strong team in Europe, very strong team in Asia, um, obviously a team in multiple locations here in North America. And the uh, the first and foremost uh, objective was to get alignment. First, let's let's meet the the team. Let's get to know each other. Let's you know um, get the trust going and credibility going. Get to know the business. Get to know the skill sets, and let's get aligned. You know, let's understand what the uh, overall vision is going to be moving forward. Uh, what are going to be the um, revised and updated needs of the organization and how can marketing support uh, the vision and the needs of the organization. Um, my challenge has has been to assess the, the needs of the combined organization and then make sure that we're staffed accordingly, um, that we have the right functional roles, that we um, are using the same tools, and if not the same tools, then can we understand what each uh, businesses using and get some synergies going, get some economies going, and um, consolidate as much as possible. So, so I would say that the challenges were people, systems, and tools, um, functional roles, personalities, and the biggest challenge, which is still a challenge, is of course the branding integration. And that is, you know, MTS Sensors has a very strong brand brand recognition uh, in Europe and actually worldwide, and so does PCB. Right. So I, I can't tell you that 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 challenge has been resolved already. We basically just um, agreed for the foreseeable future that MTS and PCB will will maintain their unique brand identities because we believe that there's tremendous amount of um, uh, recognition and uh, market share um, um, 
you know, assigned to each. And we certainly didn't want to jeopardize that and distract the business. Yeah, I think that the, uh, you know, the dynamics around brand synchronization merger in, in an M&A, that, you know, that, that could be the topic of probably a series of podcasts <laughs> in, and of it, in and of itself. Um, we'll just get back to the team side um, for a minute. 10 to 27 uh, strikes me as being a huge jump. Um, number mm-hmm. one, and then beyond that, um, you know, you're also dealing with uh, with, with f- uh, folks in a much broader geographic footprint than you you had originally, I believe. So, um, I, I know that you mentioned you wanted to get everybody on the same page and 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 whatnot, and and and, and that all makes sense to me. Just uh, how did you? Um, I guess any tips that you might offer to folks heading down a similar route. Uh, um, I guess what what things might they want to be keeping in mind as they as they uh, are moving from ten to twenty seven in the blink of an eye? Sure. Well, it's interesting because you find yourself um, basically uh, ex- exposing a lot of weaknesses of the organization um, that don't really think about um, you know branding and integration, marketing integration, you know, when they, when they think about mergers and acquisitions, they sort of look at the, uh, at the, at the business proposition and make sure that the, from the business standpoint, the acquisition makes sense. But, um, I find that, well, in particular, in this case, in the case of MTS acquiring PCB, um, the, the whole, uh, topic of, well, so, so now what, right? What's the vision? What's the branding integration plan? Are we going to maintain two websites or one? Are we going to maintain five logos or integrate into one? Are we going to have one marketing plan that's going to unite all of the businesses and geographies or each is going to sort of, you know, run their own um, siloed marketing um, uh, operation? And in my having to bring the troops together and having to integrate the teams, everyone is looking up, you know, at me as the, as the person with the vision and with a lot of the answers to all of these questions. And, you know, because uh, marketing and branding hasn't been uh, fully uh, vetted and, and, and defined and, um, um, you know, d- determined, uh, I, I didn't have many of the answers. So my initial objective was we'll get through all of that. We'll work through all of that as a team for now. Let's just understand, you know, who we are and understand the businesses and, and see if we can find ourselves in a position to make recommendations uh, to the leadership team and, you know, to the business stakeholders and make sure that, you know, if we do decide to integrate and if we do decide to consolidate, that it's not going to be destructive to the business, right? Mm. So, so the, uh, you know, the challenges to look out for is while everyone is looking for solutions and for the answers day one, it sometimes is not case and sometimes patience and agility, um, and ability to be adaptable and have an open mind and open, you know, being open to change, um, is the skill set that's a lot more important than knowing how to integrate brands. It's interesting too, because I mean, you mentioned, a moment ago about how you know the, the the makeup of the marketing team isn't necessarily considered as the business case is being brought forward for an acquisition but yet it can have a massive impact on how the business progresses once it is merged you know from sales and marketing and, and all of those pieces so yeah quite right it you know there, there's a huge potential impact 
from your organization to the overall company. And to keep it simple, you know, the the business proposition, you know, in the beginning was, you know, what what's going to be the the story that we'll tell to the investor community, to the public at large, to our customers, both internal and external customers. And the story really resonated. I mean, it was it was very simple and it made sense. There's synergies. You know, MTS is the um, uh, household brand in the uh, uh, test and product testing world, and so was PCB. And so it made sense to bring the two um, sense organizations or, you know, testing and measurement organizations into one big, you know, uh, sensor powerhouse. And certainly, uh, we share shared and today continue to share a customer list. So the sensors that we were selling to their airspace and defense, uh, companies, we find that MTS sensors is also selling uh, their sensors to the same account. So there's definitely a tremendous amount of synergies and applications in the um, accounts that we share. Uh, so the story made sense. It, but <laughs> as we all know, the devil's in the details, right? Um, so how do you continue to tell the story and build on it? And, you know, uh, what is going to be the, the branding story? What's going to be the branding strategy? Um, what's what's going to be our new identity and our what is the visual system that we're going to adopt worldwide? How do we make it consistent and you know standardize and and um, basically not uh, force our customers to remember nine names? Uh, how do we strengthen the one or two? And like I said, those decisions are still. Um, underway and, and discussions are still underway and uh, we're doing the best that we can with what we have and um, today we have a strong recognition in the MTS name as well as PCB and so uh, where it makes business sense we um, go under one umbrella and uh, or under the other it, it just depends on the situation and uh, it strikes me that you know the I guess the, the these big chunks of effort around um, that brand consolidation or, or not, um, the uh, the synchronization of the digital properties that that can all take a, a an awful you know, an awful lot of time to to work through and make sense of. I'm curious if um, if there are other pieces of it that that maybe maybe move faster. Uh, 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 the one that comes immediately to mind is maybe on the on the marketing reporting side. The, Maybe uh, you know how how we achieve the uh, the performance may differ in one organization versus the other, but perhaps we measure the performance in the same way. Uh, also, maybe uh, you know on the sales side, maybe the sales organizations were supported differently, and now they're supported in a similar way because they're they're being supported by the the, the one entity. Now, does any of that resonate? Have you been able to to um, uh, to move these teams uh, closer together in either of those areas? For sure, in terms of KPIs and in defining the measurement strategy, um, we uh, look, the two primary metrics that we uh, track are website traffic and lead generation. So those I would consider to be our global KPIs, right? No matter what the business, no matter what the, the entity or the business sector or the market segment that 
uh, runs their marketing plans and campaigns, we measure everything by traffic that we generate to our website, website or website properties. Because, like I said, we operate multiple uh, website properties. And how do we generate leads from which advertising programs? So, from my sort of thirty thousand foot view, um, you know, m- my biggest challenges and the goals uh, for year year two post acquisition. Um, are okay if you put aside the decision on what's going to be the web solution for all of the businesses and what's going to be the brand for all of the businesses if you if you if you put those decisions aside can we agree on global kpis can we agree that um, all marketing that we do you know trade shows digital advertising print advertising organic paid uh, search marketing can we agree that the two primary metrics uh, that we'll measure will be website traffic and lead generation. And, and we reach the agreement. Then, of course, the next level from that is, okay, what kind of reporting? You know, um, how do we generate reports? And uh, what dimensions do we look at? Do we use Google Analytics or some other um, automation tool? You know, what, what, what will our actual reports look like? And can we consolidate how we generate the data and how we analyze the various data points? You know, we all know that <laughs> nowadays, if there's one word that sums up marketing, it's, it's more. We have more data to parse through. We have more channels to cover. We have more, you know, data points that we need to analyze. And so the only thing that we don't have more of is time and resources. So rather than, you know, sifting through 15 different reports that are submitted by five different, you know, regional uh, marketing managers, we made some agreements on consolidation of those reports. And so um, I look at five now versus 15. Nikki, I'm going to I'm going to steal that more line uh, and, no. <laughs> and, and use it daily from here on out. So I, I'm just going to apologize in advance. I know I couldn't not steal it now if I tried. It's just going to come out of my mouth when I talk. Yeah. But you're but you're true. right. I mean, there's it's, more it's of everything, true. and there's I mean, not more time. I think that was a spot on comment, and and and, and it leads me to wonder, um, you know, if, as you as you're looking at at evolving that marketing organization and getting uh, you know and, and growing that team, um, you know, what are the skill sets that you're looking for that will help you deal with that added level of complexity? Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, just it brings a, a lot of questions to mind. Well, modern marketing has obviously evolved, right? It went from being, you know, one one. Uh, side of the brain that's more creative and design orientated to the analytical and more mathematical and what what's and technology has made it has made it possible and so what's happening in real time is modern marketing leaders we have to be nimble and we have to be we have to develop teams that step up to the plate and um, we have to develop teams that that uh, are high performance and high agility. And in the past, it used to be conversations like, I think that the um, audience will respond a certain way to an ad. Nowadays, it's basically, you know, I know um, how the audience is going to respond because we have access to so much information about our customers and the way that our customers are engaging with our content and what their needs and wants are based on various data points that we collect. So 
the 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 marketing discipline as a whole has transformed over the years and technology made it possible and what it does is it it puts front forward the whole concept of return on investment we can no longer hide behind the excuses of well how do you run an ad in print and then know how it uh, contributes to the bottom line those excuses are are gone now with everything being digital um, or, or, you know, you, you really have to make sure that at least 80 to 85% of your marketing budget is uh, uh, invested in digital. Y you can and you should provide the answers to uh, upper management in terms of how various campaigns and programs are um, contributing to the bottom line. I find this to be a really um, a challenging catch-22 in some way because – you know, on the one hand, making data-informed decisions, of course, uh, makes sense. Um, of course, it makes sense to use the data that we have at our at our disposal to make wiser investments. Um, and, and I and I know that you know the many marketers. Uh, one way that they may uh, respond to what I'm about to say is they they say they, they leave a certain percentage of their budget for experimentation. Um, which, which is fine. Um, however, you know, I, I kind of wonder sometimes in this, uh, I guess being an old grizzled agency guy now and, and maybe being more on the side of digital uh, and, and data informed than not over the last decade, um, I wonder if some of the, not magic is gone, but if, if in some ways if we, if we don't... Um, allow ourselves to take the bigger risks because we've 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 gotten into a habit of of uh, of, of justifying every penny in a in, in this very data driven way and, and maybe it doesn't allow us to take the gambles mm -hmm. I, I think this is just because you want to be Don Draper <laughs> that might be it I, I may want to be Don Draper on a number of levels uh, including my <laughs> love of old fashions however uh, but no, you know what I mean though I, yeah. I, 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 I do I, I know exactly what you mean Carmen, because you, you hit the nail on the head you said the magic word experimentation so nowadays it's not about asking the question what works and what doesn't I think the question is how fast can you tell and how fast can you see that something is working and double down on it and how fast can you see something isn't working and abandon that experiment and move on to the next. So I think that we have to allow our teams to, um, to experiment as much as they can. And this is why I say that the marketing leaders, they have to be nimble and they have to be agile and they have to attract people who are nimble and agile. And uh, I think it's a combination of two things. I think it's the skill set. So you have to be more analytical and you have to understand the digital landscape and um, you have to really understand your, your customers and, and know where they go, where they hang out and where should you be right in front, uh, in front of your audience. Mm. But I think more important. So it's the skill set. But then more importantly, it's the, uh, the, the characteristics and the personality traits of a person, of a, of a modern marketer that is able to experiment and move on, experiment and move on and have that open mind to, like you said, taking risks, small and big. 
it's that psychology right. that I think it hit it, 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 it hit it, the, the nail on the head there. I think because it, that, I guess that's the the crux of the question that I have is this: is that person, you know, if, that has that mindset of being analytical and being in tune to that? Is that going to be the is that the best person to put in charge of taking the risks? Will they take the same risks? Will they think about? Will they? Will they? Yeah, you know, if I if if I pay attention to the to the to the health data and whatnot, well, of course I wouldn't smoke, but you know, maybe a risky person is the one that smokes, right? Is that, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to put these two things in the. I don't know, Jeff. Am I making any sense? Well, I think so. Or no. Uh, I think that means no. Yes, but the, no. The universal no. thing, guys, that everybody needs to understand is when Jeff says he thinks I'm making sense, that means the answer is no. <laughs> but I, I do think that, you know, there aren't as many opportunities to try the big idea anymore unless you're in a certain category of product. You know, in, 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 in consumer goods, I think you can try and roll out a really creative, really exciting kind of campaign. And it's less about kind of seeing if that one PPC converts at half a percentage higher than the previous one. Um, it's more about, you know, create great products and the sales will follow, you know, the Apple model that everybody likes to espouse, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it works as well in a B2B context. And many marketers and folks aren't interested in kind of taking that challenge. Yeah, we're certainly in an environment that doesn't want us to take those uh, no. risks, I think. You're listening to The Cooler Ring, conversations on manufacturing marketing. Don't forget to subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash thecoolering. That's K-U-L-A-partners.com slash thecoolering. Well, what are, some of the, what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys are faced with when you talk to your uh, customers and prospects? I mean... I, to me, you know, when I when I speak to my my peers, um, it, it's definitely ROI. How do we prove? How do we measure it? How do we prove it? How do we prove that marketing is is not just a support function that it actually assists in driving business? Um, what are some of the things that you you guys are hearing when you talk to marketing professionals and manufacturing marketing professionals? Because I know that that's the the space that both of us are in. So, you know, like right up until this moment, I thought we were the hosts of the podcast <laughs> and now we're answering questions yeah. and, and she's and, asking them and, and, and they're better. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I, look, I, I, I think, you know, we're, 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 uh, we're living in the same world and, um, and, and those questions are, are, are absolutely uh, front and center. Um, uh, there's also, it's, it's worth noting that you can't really, I mean, it doesn't matter how good your data is. It doesn't matter how good a marketer you are you cannot forecast roi in advance with precision no um it's directional at best um you have leading indicators uh, but not well uh, yeah i mean ultimate return on marketing investment can only is a bit like a financial accounting it can only be done after the fact right yeah um <laughs> But I, 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 I was just in Amsterdam last week, and there's this uh, great uh, Dutch proverb that uh, sits over top of uh, 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 of one of the the shops in downtown uh, Amsterdam, and um, uh, and any Dutch people listening will will roll their eyes at my translation of it. But uh, basically, and I won't try to say it in Dutch because that would even be worse. But it says that, that the cost precedes the benefit. <laughs> you know, you, you need to invest, you know, and, and, and there's a it kind of suggests that there's a bit of that blind faith, right? 
I don't yeah, know if I, I mean, answered your question, Nikki, but I was trying like hell not to. <laughs> blind faith is, is certainly allowed, but again, back to, you know, an experienced marketer, um, what, what differentiates an experienced marketer from someone who's just entering the profession. And that is, you know, having that intuition, uh, and having that almost sixth sense toward, um, you know, maybe not with precision, but knowing enough to see that a certain campaign or a certain initiative has the propensity of, of being productive and contributing to the bottom line. I mean, speaking, you know, we can speak in generalities all day long, but one, one very specific example that I wanted to give you that I'm, I'm certainly proud of, um, is that we used to spend a lot, a lot of money in uh, paid advertising and, um, I mean, north of hundred thousand dollars and the team didn't really have the knowledge nor the savvy to optimize the performance of our AdWords campaigns. And, and we went out and we, we got help. Uh, we knew that, uh, just kind of let it go, um, was not a, was not a good solution because we couldn't really, um, justify the ROI. We knew we were spending money. We knew how much traffic the uh, AdWords campaigns were generating, but beyond that, we knew nothing else, right? So we, we couldn't really tell the story. And so we went out, we got help, um, and basically a professional um, came in and said, what, what you're doing is okay, but you're attract, attracting top-of-the-funnel type of traffic. <clears throat> and top-of-the-funnel is okay if your brand is not well-known. Or if your ads speak about, you know, white papers and brochures and application notes, uh, because we all know top of the final traffic is, you know, they're still in the research and evaluation stage, right? They're not ready to buy. So there was a disconnect between the kind of keyword strategy we employed and what our ads said, right? So our promise in our ads didn't really correspond to the, um, what we were actually offering on, on landing pages, so we changed the strategy. We turned it upside down and we said, we are not going to be attracting top of the funnel clicks. We're going to go after the bottom of the funnel clicks and our ads will be, you know, highly precise. Um, and, um, our ads will be, will be tailoring the, uh, users who are ready to purchase sensors. Right. So we're going to be investing in a keyword strategy that signals buyer behavior. Hmm. That change went from, and I know it's going to sound counterintuitive, right? Because we used to spend, you know, upwards of ten thousand dollars a month on 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 AdWords, and our click through rate was below one percent, right? So the change that we made to our AdWords strategy by flipping both the keywords and the ads and the landing pages from attracting top of the funnel to bottom of the funnel, not only reduced our overall spend by a third, but it increased our click-through rate tremendously, right? We would not have known the changes to make. We would not have known the nuances of, you know, the, the relationship between keywords and ads and, and landing pages, right? Because it's not, I mean, marketers are jacks of all trades and masters of none. So unless you have someone who's dedicated just to paid advertising and, and paid search, um, your your typical marketing manager is not well-versed on, on the winning strategies of 
Google AdWords. So the decision was spend a little, bring somebody who does, let them set you on the right path, and then double down on what works. And that's exactly what we did. So today, our AdWords spend is less than 20 grand, but our click-through rate is, is through the roof. And we're actually, because we're attracting uh, bottom of the funnel type of clicks that are going directly into our e-commerce um, we're actually able to show direct contribution to the bottom line uh, by tracking e-commerce sales. So that right there is a small success story of asking the question of asking the right questions that, hey, we're spending a lot. We don't know what we're getting for it. You know, we need help. And then getting help, uh, getting organized and then doubling down. Those are the types of strategic decisions, I think, that marketing leaders today um, should be savvy enough to make. Did we know for a fact that by going out and hiring a, uh, a professional consultant that, you know, we're going to be uh, reigning orders? No, but it was um, a, a informed decision and we were involved every step of the way, learned something from it, right? Learn from professionals and, and the return, um, the return is obvious. I think that, um, you know, that, that is the, um, probably the hinge of it is to make sure that, because you, you said it yourself, like, did we know exactly what the return was, could be? Did we predict it with precision? No, but we ha- we knew directionally where it was going to be. Um, we knew uh, where we ought to be going um, with it and that we didn't have the skill set in-house and we needed to go elsewhere. So and it makes that, that, that makes sense to me. And then putting in place as part of that, of course, um, having the proper discipline to ensure we're measuring the the success of that initiative and understanding it internally as well, because I mean, even with the marketing team, the size and scale that Nikki's working with, you know, it's still difficult to have specialists in absolutely every yeah. platform. Well, of course, of course. Right. I mean, nowadays, the one thing that I'll tell you is that when we recruit, we definitely look for um, analytical skill sets and uh, you know look for experience with digital platforms more so than you know, our direction creative, although, I mean, that's still an important aspect of marketing, but, um, I definitely, when I'm involved in, um, in interviews, I look for understanding in various digital, um, uh, tools and digital methodologies more so than, you know, traditional marketing and traditional advertising. Nikki, I, I think I could continue this for, for at least another half hour, but I, I feel like we're, uh, we're 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 getting close to time, but I, I, it, I just had this one last question around. Can you talk about um, uh, what you're looking for as you're recruiting new talent? I, I'm I'm curious. Uh, how do you find? Uh, what's the experience on that recruitment side, uh, particularly as you look at your global offices? I.e., is it easier to find people that are thinking that way? Uh, in, in the U.S., is it easier to find them in Europe? Um, any insights there, or uh, I guess, I guess, seat of the pants impressions, as it were. That's a great question. Um, I haven't had much um, experience with uh, recruiting um, in the European um, markets, recruiting to our, to our European direct offices. Um, in Asia, we just recently, in China in particular, we hired a uh, lady um, to, to, to drive our marketing initiatives um, 
actually, she interestingly, she'll be responsible for both sides of the business, for PCV and MTS side of the business. Um, and um, we give the 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 skill sets and or the desired skill sets to a recruiter. And it, you know, in in all situations, you know, we we try a little bit organically uh, to look for candidates, um, and then uh, at some point we involve a recruiter and they ask us questions about you know what are you looking for, what's the objective of the position, and what kind of skill sets and backgrounds and experiences. <clears throat> and um, in in China in particular, it's difficult to hire somebody who speaks our our analytics language because. There's no presence of Google in China, right? It's all Baidu. So that's one area um, of the map where we won't get 100% uh, consistency in reporting and, and in the metrics. But we'll find a way to find comparable uh, metrics uh, via Baidu uh, that exist in Google Analytics. But So it changes the conversation a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... it. Geography really doesn't matter. Uh, what you're looking for is just someone who um, understands the the transition from traditional to modern marketing. The uh, has a keen knowledge of the um, foundation of digital marketing um, and is able to carry on a dialogue beyond trade shows and desktop publishing. Right. So I have a suite of questions that I ask every candidate to test their knowledge um, of AdWords. Uh, Google Analytics, search engine optimization techniques, um, email blasts, their knowledge of the various um, spam laws uh, and understanding of, uh, you know, how to uh, avoid getting into trouble with regard to uh, unsolicited uh, external communication. So, like I said, regardless of geography, um, I think that, you know, whether you're recruiting here in the United States or or across the board, um, I, I look for a skill set that's more aligned with digital than traditional marketing. Um, just recently, you know, to kind of touch on another investment that we're making, recognizing uh, return on investment uh, expectations expectations of upper management is, you know, I'm, 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 I wrote a new job description and I'm hiring somebody for the position of marketing analyst. So it's someone who would work very closely with the marketing managers to develop the campaigns around, um, you know, the various uh, tools and measurement techniques that we have. So setting up the campaign such that we can measure traffic, measure leads, measure engagement. Um, with the customers and, and understand how the customers and prospects engage with us at various stages of the funnel. So again, you know, companies that believe in and understand um, modern marketing will make the right investments in people and in functional roles. I think so. that's um, that, that's a that's a great bit of guidance and, and probably a great great place to to, to conclude uh, today's episode. Nikki, this has been fantastic. I think you've given the listeners a lot to think about and digest. Uh, I know I have a lot to think about uh, coming out of this. Uh, it's just been a, a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know Thank we've, you, uh, guys. Thanks for having me. We've had technical glitches trying to set this up. Uh, so for those listening in, uh, we've got Nikki kind of tapped into our podcasting platform via uh, irregular means let's say so um if there are any <laughs> audio challenges you may uh, uh 
that that may help explain it, but uh, but hopefully it sounds good for you all, and uh, and you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Thanks again, Nikki. Thank appreciate you. it. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.